This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to That Mill Podcast. My name's Omar, joining myself... Here's my regular co-host for the new year, as always, Mr. Mickey Simpson. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm back in the hot seat. It's been a little while, but yeah. Thank yeah, you. I forgot what you look like, to be fair, mate. I think I think the listeners did as well, do you know what I mean? Fresh little trinkle today. I know. Even 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 Neil Fizzler on the space the other day asked about you and said, you know, best wishes to you and hope you're doing well. And, you know, is he coming back on the show? And I said, don't worry, he's leading the charge on Thursday night, mate. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, joining us as always is show regular Chris. Hello, mate. How are you? Good evening, chaps. All right, how's it going? Good, good to you, chaps. Thank you very much. All good. All good for seeing you, mate. And we can join us is from the enemy side, from Sheffield United, and that is well, mate. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm my, my name is Johnny. Uh, I come from Sheffield United, Fanchola, Shore and View, which is a massive piss up on camera. So if you enjoy that kind of thing, go and give it a look. I've always wanted to do that. Mickey won't let me do that. So, you know, one day, Mickey, right? <laughs> What's that? Well, get pushed on camera. Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah, we'll do a show for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Absolutely, we'll do that, mate. I'm up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, mate. I'm much I suppose you've done it already. <laughs> I'm I'm up for it, but the trouble is you've got to be a bit cautious because just in case, you know, um, you say the wrong thing. But no, fucking listen, you know, we're... we're We've been on, what, two years? It's, it's another couple of, probably a month or so, and then I think it's a two-year anniversary exactly. So, yeah, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. You know, If you want us to do it, put it in the comments or um, drop us a DM, drop us a thingy, just turn around and say, yeah, we'll podcast on the piss. Yes. Well, Jory, thank you for joining us, mate, and we'll obviously be grinning you all about Shepherd United, talking about Saturday's game, obviously the FA Cup third round. Imagine the FA Cup returns to the den. Um, we'll talk about various different topics. Obviously, Benicophobia's departure was announced tonight. Um, departing on a free trials of mutual consent. Um, we'll talk a bit about that, of course, as well. And yeah, just a general chit-chat with the opposition. So we'll go and straight we broke to it first. Sorry, mate. We broke we broke the phobia first on, on, on the podcast. Right. Yes, right. Just just saying, okay. We'll go straight into part number one anyway. Just um, and and there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll go into straight part number, straight to part number one anyway and Folks on Saturday's game. F Chub are the real nutters. And I'm not going away for some dirty novel punts to spit all over me. If he spits over me, I'll put a fucking pint glass in his head. Nicky you wanted to get that in, didn't you? So badly, mate, right? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. I mean, said we've got a northerner on. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, don't panic. The uh, There is a translation button just in the bottom right hand corner. If you press that CC button, you will get uh, whatever Johnny says translated. And again, if you're listening, in the northern part of uh, this country, uh, there is a translation button at the bottom. If you press it, fuck off. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> all he does, the only is just all the E's back. Yeah, you fucking do it. <laughs> right. Should we talk a bit about the football? Um, Saturday, we entertained Sheffield United. Uh, we have had him in the FA Cup previously a couple of years ago, we discovered, just before COVID, three years ago now, Chris. Um, what are your thoughts and hopes going to Saturday's game, mate? I mean, it's going to be a tough heap, obviously, against a team in the same division as us. Not the quite magical FA Cup draw we hoped for, but should be nonetheless uh, you know, a good game for us and an opportunity for maybe 
to keep our run going, obviously, after Saturday's win, or, yeah, Sunday's win on New Year's, on New Year's Day. Yeah, um, I think, uh, being honest, and I'm sure um, Johnny feels the same from Sheffield United perspective, I would prefer the league game, uh, especially after the, the, the win and the momentum we've got at the moment, seven points in the last three. But we are where we are. Um, I think that for different reasons, both teams will feel the... Um, not a particularly full strength side so it'll be interesting to see what changes he makes I think two of the changes that we might have made for, for Saturday in, in, in Benic and maybe Imaku maybe now won't happen because one's not here and one's injured we'll get onto those a little bit later so it will be really interesting to see which of our fringe players can can make the first thing line up the likes of Bennett, Malone um, Leonard or any of those fit enough to come back into into the fray uh, We'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see, but no, I mean um, it's a good opportunity to give some of those players um, some some minutes and some time on the pitch, um, and I think you know regardless, it will be an interesting game. I think two clubs that um, not just saying it because Johnny's on here. I think they're similar. I think there's uh, it's not hard. It's Northern. It's miles away. You can't get it. I think similar similar mindsets. I'll set Ricky out here. You sure? <laughs> he said Mickey Arthur, the authorities. Do you want a little bit of a delay to me, Johnny? But I'll ask you a few questions, obviously, about recent form yeah. and your season so far for Sheffield United. Um, since the World Cup, mate, you boys are flying, aren't you? I mean, great turnaround for you guys, and you seem to be stringing together some decent form going into this cup game on Saturday. Yeah, it's surprising because we've been abysmal. For ninety-eight, for ninety-eight percent of games, I don't know if you saw the QPR game, but we were atrocious, just not what we wanted to see. And we, I think we, we always start off with a good five, ten minutes, look well, attack a team well. And it's like, oh well, job done, not scored, real come. And then we sit back and just invite trouble all the time. And we weren't doing that before the World Cup. We had a little spell where things went kind of off the rails, lost a few players to injuries. World Cup came at a good time, even though I don't like a December World Cup. And I hope we come back rejuvenated and go for it. But we've been missing McBurney. We've got Undai pulling all the strings as this one creative guy. And we're getting three points either and everywhere, playing badly. Now, I know that's, in theory, the sign of a good team. It's not nice to watch. Not nice to watch at all. And don't get me wrong, I'll take three points and play badly all week. Every week. If it gets us up, I don't care. But to see the drop-off is a little bit disconcerting because how long can that keep up? And I think that's why I want us to go out and play under teams on Saturday. We're not going to win cup. We're not going to go on a massive cup run. Um, like I said to you with Private Bikini, I mean, if we, if we could possibly both lose and then guarantee that we both go up and cause some carnage in Premier League, win-win for everybody. <laughs> I have to agree in a little. Yeah, I think with the World Cup, you did mention it there, it came at a good time for you. Obviously, like Sander Burns returned, obviously, after the World Cup as well. He was injured, I know, beforehand. Um, it seems that we weren't sure how it would affect teams in general but I think for you guys it seems to have obviously with results anyway I know you say performance has not been great but it's definitely had a kind of upward trend in your results and obviously getting you guys right back up into the mix and obviously keeping that gap to everyone else in the top two Yeah definitely I mean just before the World Cup I think we got some good results beat Burnley 5-2 who else has done that this season that was playing our, our best and that's what you can, if we can do that you do get disheartened seeing how bad it can get at the same time. But as I said, as long as we keep winning games, I don't really care. Sanderberg has come back, key player for us. Don't think he's at full strength yet, nor at all. Um, first game back, I couldn't believe it. He persisted playing him for the full 90 minutes. He was knackered after half an hour. But I, I understand. He wants to get the minutes under his belt, wants him on road to recovery. There is that worry that he might be injury prone. But we're a player that good. You do want to get the minutes under his belt so you can kind of understand it. If we're doing 2 0 down, I'd be fuming. But as long as we're winning games, I don't care. I think he's one of those players, Sanderberg, that if he had an extra yard of pace, he probably still won't be at Sheffield United right now. He's obviously a complete midfielder, isn't he, Chris? Like, he's probably one of the best players in the league, isn't he, mate? Yeah. I think so. Um, I think he's he's one of the best players in the league. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't um, wasn't there a lot of talk and, and potentially a move that fell through last minute in August? Um, uh, for for him to move away into a, yeah, they didn't want to pay as much as what he was worth. Um, but that that fell through, so I think he's yeah, they they, they want to stick him back to Belgium. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he, he's he's a very good player. You, you've got some some very very talented players, and 
players that have played in the Premier League, players that have cost you 15, 20 million. I really like Ndiaye. Um Obviously, he played the World Cup. Didn't see too much of him, but in the Championship, he's been your um, Ndiaye. Probably be your player. <laughs> Wherever his bloody name is, him. <laughs> Johnny, another player I'm quite impressed with when we played against you boys up at Bramall Lane. Obviously, you guys quite comfortably beat us on the day. Kind of ran away a bit in the first half. Um, was Anel Amorodsvic. Is that the best pronunciation you're going to hear of that one? How was that? <laughs> we just call it it. No, it's just easier. Yeah. Great set off, mate, isn't he? He's really sought after as well, isn't he? And he's like, seems to be kind of coming along leaps and bounds for you guys this season. Yeah, really good player. Chips in with goals, brilliant defending, great pace for a defender as well. I, I think when you can get 30,000 people from Sheffield shouting United love fucking anal, you've done well. You've done <laughs> really well. Um, <laughs> we lost Jack O'Connell, and it were a big loss for us, a really big loss. Um, personally, I don't think he'll ever kick a ball again. And whilst anal's on the wrong side to Jack O'Connell, having a player of that quality there means we can experiment more with getting a Jack O'Connell replacement. When you're leaving Chris Basham out of the side, who was a legend for us for three, four years, brilliant defender, um, to replace him is always going to be a bit of an iffy move. But we're a player of his quality. We, we're spoiled. And the longer we keep him, the better. People go on about Sander Berger, Ilman and Dyke, who are fantastic players. But I think he's he's been best signing in the last few years, easily. I have to agree with you, mate. He's, he's definitely a standout when we played at Bramall Lane. I mean, Mickey, I did mention that game, obviously, when we played them earlier in the season. Um, I think they ran away 2-0 the first 20 minutes, and I think all in all missed the penalty on the stroke half-time, or Bart saved it. Um, Mickey, it's going to be a tough game, isn't that, on Saturday for us? But, you know, it could opportunity, like we said to Chris down earlier, maybe for some players to come in, or maybe to keep the same team. What would you do if you was going around, Mickey? I would probably put a couple of the youngsters in, but again, you know, it depends how much... They want to go for it. You see, the thing is with Millwall, they, they like a little bit of an FA Cup run if they can get it because it, it pays well. Um, but personally, I would rather us went out. Um, I know it's controversial to a degree, but I'd rather us gone out so that we can concentrate on our on our league position and also hope that um, Sheffield United stay in for a little run and sort of lose that concentration Um on the league I mean I did say the other day in in our group um, that I honestly see um, Burnley and Sheffield fucking United and possibly Sheffield United there we go for fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) sorry baby Hickory there's nothing like a fucking pedantic fucking northerner is there do you know what I mean but um, I honestly think that, you know, United, Sheffield United and Burnley will fuck up and potentially be out of the top two um, by the end of the season. I just, I, I I don't know. I just, it'll be good if they can carry on and keep it there. But I just think this league this season is far, far too open. Um, and obviously, a lot of the teams around each other are still set to play each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got you again in, what, less than six weeks, haven't we? Back down at the den. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to go into that one. Only the 12 point difference, Mickey. We never know. <laughs> we'll be... yeah, but 12 points, only, you know, it's, it's only, you know, a few clubs around them. It might be 12 points without, you know, we, we people, but, you know, they only need to get a couple of wins and them to get a couple of draws, and all of a sudden that gap's, you know, really, really cut down. It's just whether or not you can keep it going all the way to the end. But you're somebody all perfectly there, because you look at the QPR game. If we'd have won that game, we'd have been 11 mm. points clear of third. Now, eight's still a good points difference, especially how tight this league is. Eight's still good. But that one result shows you how close it is. Um, I, I've honestly said, if we've got a fully fit squad, if all our players are fit, anybody who finishes above us is within the division, hands down. Look I, at Leuven. Yeah. Leuven, had, Leuven were, what, down the bottom? And then all of a sudden, they went on a few good wins over Christmas period and just before or whatever, and all of a sudden now they're... They're top half in the in the playoff section, you know, or thereabouts with us. So, I, I do think it's open this year. I know you lot fucking took the piss and went, oh, you know, really. And I, I just, I don't know. I just think they're, they're, they're I can just see some massive banana skins waiting for a few teams in this league this season. Um, Burnley, Burnley's got a fuck up period to come. They've not really had theirs yet. We've had we had ours before Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're seven Luke. people as Pine Burnley for the record. Like, I mean, about yeah. yeah. I, get, I take your point. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, but to say that we're going to better than more than six times, for example, I'm not saying it's going to be us or even 
Blackburn, they're 14 points behind them in third place. So, like, it's going to take a lot for Burnley to mess up. I, I could kind of see your argument for Sheffield United, don't get me wrong. Um, a little bit. All right, if, any, if, any, if any team can fuck up an eight-point lead, it's Sheffield United. We we know this already. <laughs> I am. I really think that Middlesbrough uh, could be a team that could could uh, well maybe to catch you guys is a stretch, but I really think they're gonna they're gonna continue their form and finish strong. They've got um, a really good uh, eleven, and from the business stuff, I think they're going to be doing in January the likes of Dan Barlasar. From Robram, Robram's best player by an absolute country mile. Um, Cameron Archer, who is just superb in this league. If they bring those two players in to complete, they've got haven't they got Cameron Archer already? Didn't, what's his name say on the group earlier, Johnny? That there's speculation of it. Speculation, yeah, it's nearly done, done, but it it, it, it isn't. Done. But the thing is, the thing with Middlesbrough is they had all this same feeling last year when Wilder took over around the same time and said, "Oh, in January we're going to bring in this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, whatever." They did all this last year, went on a good run, and they were going to push for top three. And then in January, like, "Oh, we haven't quite got the money to make this happen or this happen." They lose a few players due to injury, and suddenly, and he's got his hands time behind his back. And it was the Isaac Carrick, new manager, never really—he's been an assistant in some good places, but. I'm not being funny. I'm not doing this just because Wilder's a god where we're from. If Wilder can't get best out of that team there and he can't make things happen, I don't see Carrick doing it either if things start to go wrong. So, Would you have Chris Wilder back out of interest on a little tangent? If, like, if, if say, for example, you know, Adam Mott goes away, like, would, you, would you have him back in a heartbeat? Or is that I, prefer not to sp- I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> no comment here on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go on, tell us. <laughs> I, I personally would take Chris Wilder back tomorrow with Paul Eckingbottom as, a, as his assistant maybe two assistants him and Alan Nil uh, I'd love Nilly back uh, and Jack Lester and Stuart McCall as coaches he was, um... I'd combine the two that's my political answer I'm sticking with you can't push me any further if you do I'm pressing that disconnect button and I'm going up <laughs> don't worry <laughs> doing it for you and, um, when Rowett was under a bit of pressure the middle of last season, when uh, just before Wilder got a job at Middlesbrough, he was the man that, like, if I if we were saying like, oh, this if Brad was the guy, I was shouting for Wilder at Millwall. I think like, you know how we can say we're not, you know, you say similar clubs in a sense. Like, I think you guys are a bigger club, well, bit obviously more supporters set up every week in week out. But I think Wilder is the kind of man which probably why it didn't work out for Middlesbrough. Johnny, I don't know what you think, but like, he was the kind of he, he thrives on being at a certain club that's kind of got a passionate support fan base and. Middlesbrough, you know, but it's Middlesbrough, isn't it? But I think, you know, you, you compare our fans, I think Wilder would have probably have maybe been an option for us, for example, maybe something. He fries in that sort of atmosphere, doesn't he, in stadiums, I feel like. I, I do feel that teams in the North East, your Sunderland's, your Newcastle's, your Middlesbrough's, and I'm going to get slate for this. I do think they all think they're bigger than what they are. Uh, great fan bases, one club cities, fill the stadiums all the time. Well done, cracking, brilliant. Uh, but there's an expectation there. Whereas I think we're Sheffield United, we're Millwall, we take it as it, we take it, as it comes. Uh, where Wilder's been successful, Halifax, Northampton, Sheffield United, clubs that we were expected to get out of League One. Everything after that were a bonus. Took us to the top six in Premier League. What more can you say? Uh, team Places where he did, also did well, but didn't really connect with the fans, Oxford and Middlesbrough. One club cities want more than what they've got. I, I know it seems strange that it's about Oxford. Oxford think they're bigger than what they are. They seem to think they're a championship team, and they're not. They, mean, they don't take ground. They, they, it all mate? Their ground is yeah. uh, non-league. <laughs> bloody ground. So, Pony, you lot will call it, wouldn't it? That's it, mate. No, Pony, mate. Lucky Pony. Chris just Chris has just said that he reckons uh, Wilder could be going to Pompey. That could be. Well, cool. I, I never said that. Uh, that's not what I said. Talk it. Sorry. Oh, talk of him going to Pompey. Pompey. I, I don't think he'll go there. I'm just saying there's talks of it. I don't. Th- um, I don't think he will. It but it's, it'd be a good move. It'd be a good yeah, fit. Um, another very similar, passionate fan base. Um, yeah. But whether he dropped down to League One and to a, a mid mid table League One club at the moment as well, then I. But uh, I think it is how it went. Please hold. And see, being maybe holds out just for a little bit longer, doesn't it? I think to yeah. drop. Well, maybe this, I think it needs a passion project. That, that's what he always seems to do best with passion projects. United fan passion project. Northampton didn't have any money. Passion project. Middlesbrough kind of sold him a pup, really. So you can have this, this, and this. Oh no, you can't have this, this, and this. That's when things start to go wrong at Sheffield United. Once we went from two owners to one owner, that's when things start to go wrong. Lack of fans, 
ownership changing hands and promises getting broken. Oh god, I'm going to get fucking banned from playing again, am I? And uh, you know all the, all this kind of stuff. In 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 some way, even if it is mid table league one, a chance to go in, rebuild, put his stamp on things, and have a passion project, and that's where he'll thrive. So Pompey would be a good move. I just don't see it happening. No, I don't either. Maybe fun time, but who knows? Um, let's steer it back to Saturday's game, Mickey. I mean, do we have one? One, uh, <laughs> um, one bit of uh, team news going into the game. Obviously, Saturday we won't have two strikers available. <laughs> one because he's departed in Benedict Vobi. Uh, but the first one I want to touch on, Mickey, is um, Idomo Maku, the uh, Irish Shamrock Rovers new side. And he arrived, obviously, just before the January window kind of started. And obviously, he was available to play from the first. He wasn't available against Rotherham. Uh, I didn't know if he was going to make the bench or not. I was, I was being asked or not. But obviously, going into Saturday's game, he's a, he can't even be baked. He's injured, mate. I mean, quad injury. Um, what's your thoughts about that, mate? I mean, well, I, I, you know, I can feel his pain with a quad injury, mate. I suffered a, a double quad injury when uh, when we had the fans game at the uh, at the den. You know, thirty five, forty minutes in, um, a double uh, quad injury. Mate, I don't know what you're on about. So don't give yourself an extra twenty minutes, Dad. It was, it, was, it was, you know, <laughs> I, I think we need a, you know, no doubt. Phil Clark, who's probably listening to this, will uh, will come in and and hopefully support me and. Uh, and you know, disregard Omar's libel um, statement he's just made there. Um, I've got your back, Mickey. But... It's dangerous <laughs> playing in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, um, you know. I think the problem is is that we need the new training ground fast um, because I think probably you know the training ground what we've got doesn't have um, a great pitch, doesn't have underfloor heating, doesn't have this and. You know, the cold weather and all that, like, it's probably, you, know, you only need to jar your studs or get your studs caught a little bit in some of the, the grass and all of a sudden um, you've pulled a, you know, a quad and, and let's see, hopefully it's nothing too serious. It's just a, you know, a, a very minor tear or via a minor injury and he'll be back soon. Um, you know, it, it's, it heals, you know, it's a bit, it's fucking just don't go upstairs, mate. Don't go upstairs and don't lift your legs up and uh, and climb. Yeah, you, you'll be all right, mate. Trust me, you'll be all right in a couple of weeks. It's obviously a blow for him there, Chris. Obviously, I think he was rumoured to be involved with the 23s this week. Um, obviously, the injury put paid to that and he didn't play and probably would have maybe got a chance to be on the bench Saturday and who knows, maybe got some game time. Um, do you share Mickey's thoughts there? I mean, I personally would edge maybe to, you know, he's played in Ireland. I'm not saying the Irish League, you know, the standard's getting better than, you know, he's played in the Champions League, but... Probably, I guess, the transition to the intensity of the championship will be even in training. You know, we always hear about how the training is like the standard is like matched tempo. Maybe it's just the transitional transitional stage for him. Obviously, obviously being only nineteen years old as well, mate. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and I think the reality is we'll, we'll probably never know whether it was that he he just overdid it because he's, he's he's trying to you know put his put his best foot forward in training and um, he just overdid it or whether it's the pitch. But I think it it might in a way, do us a favour, not for the weekend, but, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the club were because actually their statement that he signed was, was very cautious in terms of not wanting to throw him straight in at the deep end. But if he had played well against Sheffield United, it might have been like, oh, you know, we don't need to sign an, uh, another right winger because actually we've got this guy. So it might have done us a favour. I think um, obviously with him not being available for a few weeks or whatever it is, and it's still been unavailable. I think Bury needs a loan to be honest um, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to Tyler at some stage and then obviously with Bennett going I think we need at least two or three forward it, the forward players um, and I think that might help force the hand a little bit um, and I, I, I don't think we would let, let Bennett go if we didn't have St. lined up now I agree I have no idea who or what that is but I I think it's fair to say the recruitment over the last sort of year or so has been pretty good since Aldridge has come in. I think credit where credit's due. And I trust that. I trust the recruitment team to have someone lined up, to be honest. So, so as, uh, as Chris was tied in there, obviously I mentioned earlier, I, uh, Phoebe's gone. Um, an interesting one, I have to say. I, I was quite surprised to see it. Um, not, <coughs> not, not because I thought... He had a more than half play still. I, I personally thought he would have saw at least signed a contract. You know, he signed a one year deal. I kind of thought he's the option if Bradshaw gets injured, obviously. So I agree with you there, Chris. There's got to be something in the pipeline because you're letting go, you know, proven championship goal scorer in his time. Um, obviously, 
this time around, it's just not really worked out. Almost a bit of the Ben Marshall syndrome there, Mickey, a little bit. And he's not really had that, I guess, you know, he was in the side for a little bit. I remember, missing, you know, this season, I think of phobia, I just think of missing that penalty last minute in the game against Bristol City, really. That's like the highlight reel from a phobia this year. That's kind of what I'm thinking a little bit. It's not really happened for him this year, has it, Mickey? And it's just kind of, I suppose, no, I from the club point of view, the interest come from, supposedly from the Middle East. He's going to the UAE. Um, and in that as well, you know, he supposedly was our top owner this year as well. And there's a big thing, £1,000 a week, allegedly. I guess a good opportunity to get him off the wage bill. And if, you know, we've got someone lined up like we hope, you know, it could work out well. But obviously, just probably, you know, never happened this year, did it, mate? No, I think he was, you know, there, there was a lot of rumour about it because obviously he was out in the World Cup, um, not playing, obviously. He was out, out in uh, Dubai in that round of World Cup. So, I think it's probably a move for him to sort of get him to get back to to match fit maybe and just sort of get him, you know, regular playing again. Um and potentially, you know, a bit of nice hot weather is always um always good for the soul, isn't it? So uh it's a shame really that it didn't work out for him here with injury and, and you know, whether or not his confidence or he just couldn't, you know, again. He was one of those players that you sort of you never knew you could never figure out whether or not he was a super intelligent player who just didn't waste his energy or he was just the most laziest player on the pitch. It, it, and, and, I, and I don't think he was because I don't think any player on big money is actually lazy, but he's one of those, he's one of those players where you just, you just don't know. He, he leaves you guessing, you know, like, why the fuck didn't you go for that? And then all of a sudden he's in a better position because he's not run his arse off there. And he's gone. Um, yeah, he's just a yeah, he's just a very very casual, um, you know, player as such. But good luck to him. I think um, he's had a rough, he's had a rough time over the last few years and stuff. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't hold it against him. I think as far as what I've heard is that you know the contract was cancelled by mutual um, mutual agreement. And I don't think there was no fees, so I don't think, you know, anyone's been um, stitched up over it, which just really shows the love um, he has for us. I know he has love because of certain things, what the club did for him when he was going through a real rough time. What You know, uh, if you don't know, look up on it. Um, but hey-ho, it is what it is. But yeah, I wish him all the luck in the future. I think um, hopefully he comes back on form and, and, he, and he does well. So twelve goals in forty-eight last season for us um, in the league. Johnny, what's your like? Obviously, you have got a bit of knowledge of the championship. Obviously, about Millwall. Um, Baker Fobe from the outsides. I mean, I guess when you see that he's playing for Millwall, what's the kind of thoughts out of interest for an opposition fan when you see a Fobe is lined up against you out of interest? Like, is that like all oh, you know? Millwall's making a bit of an intent there, or like, what is the? What do you think as an opposition fan out of interest? I think the interest for us to hear that. Well, big bad Bennett always scores against us usually until he went, until he went to Millwall. Um, we always, me and my mate, you see top goal, like, oh no, not Bennett. Anybody but Bennett every time. But like you said, I think he came back to Millwall at a stage where he was kind of fizzling down, weren't he? Um, I, don't, I, I agree with I don't think he was a lazy player, uh, very clever player. Um, you want to speak about lazy players? We once had Ian Rush in 97, that were a lazy bastard. And that's what Bennett could probably wasn't. You know what I mean? He, he, he knew when to spend his energy and when not to. And it were always a worry that a player that's got that mindset will grab an important goal against you. So for us, it's a relief. Um, I wish he'd have played in cup games, scored three against us, not decided cup, and then been gone for league game, but that's a different story. But, you know, it, it's a loss. Because if you're, if you're low on forward players, you've got to have somebody coming in. Because if you lose a player like Bennett, who can be that man, you go, right, here's your chance to shine. We need you to go out and do us a favour. He could do it. But whether his mindset wasn't there, whether it's a deal that will always play on his mind, if they keep a player against his will, it's never going to work out well. So I, I think it is a loss, but I think it's good that it ended amicably for, for your guys. Cause... I think... Sorry, I, 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 I think was, he's... Was say, uh, I was going to say, sorry, Ricky, I was going to ask um, if there's any strikers that Sheffield United had, but you've still got 36-year-old Billy Sharp playing up front for you every, every game. So... Tom and Bernie's in, did he? Yeah. <laughs> it's Johnny's mate, Billy, mate. Be careful. You ain't going to say anything bad about Billy. It's a big four. <laughs> to be fair, we could, you know, if we had a Billy, Billy Sharks up top pressure, I suppose, in a sense. I mean, yeah. you know, like just a brafter up front, isn't it? And just it, 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 what you don't you disagree, Chris? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I love Tom Bradshaw, but you cannot compare 
Or is he the, the top championship goalkeeper? No, no, no. I'm, I'm comparing him to a thirty. No, I'm comparing him to a thirty-six-year-old Billy Sharp. That's what I'm comparing him to. Like, I'm not. I'm not comparing him to a Billy Sharp who's pumped five years ago. I'm comparing him to Billy Sharp who's thirty-six years old. In fact, in that sense. Well, well Chris is obviously a Steve Morrison fan. You can tell. <laughs> Wonder where you get that from. <laughs> what what we what we do for a Morrison? Uh, yeah, I'm going to top now. Oh, as, as a it's so funny you saw that because I saw like you know when you see these tweet threads go around. I was about to do a tweet, I didn't do it in the end, but it was like that one player you need, a club, like it said, club legend in a certain season that you'd want in this side. And like, okay, Morrison, legend or not, make that. But Morrison, the year we got to race the championship under jacket, that Morrison who got you know the move to Norwich just after that, that's what this side, nice. Mill side, is missing. That's what this Mill side's missing. That kind of outlet that's going to score you goals. Be a nuisance and get in behind. Like you had all of that and scored yeah. the goals. And but when you had Mor- Morrison's always a danger. Like you th- I was saying about a four, but then whenever I saw Steve Morrison's name on team shot, oh fuck. Him and that traitor Gregory. You know what I mean? Yeah. They-, they were your pinnacle up front. Is he a traitor now because he's a boy blade and he's now playing for them like Dead to me. Absolutely dead to me. I can <laughs> I can have a United tattoo on back of your leg and move to South Barnes left. Don't make any sense. <laughs> I hope enjoyed Dingle Derby in playoffs. I do enjoy their chart for him, though, to be fair. But I mean, I'm oh, thinking... you mean the other, you mean the other baby chant that he stole and put Lee Gregory in there? You mean that chant? <laughs> um, well, Chris, just to wrap up on the phobia, anyway. Obviously, you know we've lost him. Um, I hope we got someone lined up. I'm sure we do. But um, yeah, I mean, phobia's gone, and I guess all the best, right? Yeah, absolutely, all the best. And um, I think uh, on Twitter today, when the announcement broke out, there was. It was quite a split, actually. Some people were, you know, oh, thank you for, you know, for everything and and whatever. And some people were were delighted to see the back of him. Um, I think, for me personally, um, if the rumours are true, he was one of, if not a highest earner. Um, he's probably going to go and at least double his money in in Dubai. He, I think, just my perception based on absolutely no knowledge at all. Um, I think his desire for the game is probably not as as what it what it was. He's obviously had a lot going on in his life. He's also had a lot of injuries, which probably make him physically not in in the shape that he'd like to be. Um, he's got a lot of uh, businesses outside of football as well, and I think maybe his mind's just not in it. So, for him and for the club, for him to move on at this stage, double his money, go and live his life, and be happy in Dubai, makes sense for him and for the club. It gives us fifteen grand to maybe go out and sign two players. So um, I wish him well, and I think it's worked out as, as as the right thing. As long as caveat that that we have players lined up because we we are now down to one centre forward, um, recognised centre forward. In in well, you can add Bogey to that mix, but he doesn't play there, uh, and that's not enough. So I reckon right winger, and then the folk, and then Bogey's going to come straight in the. In the in the centre, mate, in play, you know, in the striker centre forward position, mate. That's why I reckon we'll get a, we'll get a sign in over the next day or two for a right winger, and uh, and job done, mate. Yeah, you know, it'll be at least two. I think he's a right winger. You've got Ray Leonard at him. What do you think of him? Go on. Say no. He <laughs> <laughs> played a few games. He signed him from Southend, right? And he played. We chased him. We we chased him for ages, yeah. and then he came and he would dogger, absolutely dogger. You beat us to the signing originally, and then we yeah. after about not even six months, we signed him off you. Yeah, I think that's something we started our lives. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Played like 20 games for you, though. He was, he was a comic figure in that squad, though, was he not? Or... I think he was there at necessity, if not at sale. I see. Right. <laughs> but it, it, it just didn't fit us. Uh, it's one of them players where it, it, it probably would have fit 99% of our teams. But you know when you sign that one player that like, he's going to be good in and it does not fit? Uh, I think that was Ryan Murdered at Sheffield United. Same with uh, Evans at Wigan. We we brought him in. We were good for three or four games. 
just didn't work. So oh, we had to move him on. I think that's what clubs tend to not do now. And if they keep him playing maybe a bit too long, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You're better off getting rid of moving on. Um, so what about Traxxas for Sheffield United? Is this window then out of interest? Where are you guys like when we say, say for example, Saturday is your best team. Um, what are you looking for as a Sheffield United fan going into this window and hopefully to take you over the finish line this season? Uh, depth, that's what we need. As you said, we've got 74-year-old Billy Sharp up front because McBurney's out injured, which ain't a bad option to have. Um, but when you've got a player who has had some tough times at Bramall Lane like McBurney, who then suddenly starts finding form, to lose him is a big loss. So it got that left centre-half position. We've got Reese Norrington Davis. He looked like the brilliant Jack O'Connell replacement. Injured. Got two ageing fullbacks. Got two young ones. Two young ones get injured. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's all about depth there. I, I, I wouldn't say no to a double-sided wing-back, someone who can play on both sides, but maybe it's not good enough to start every game. But, you know, just a bit of a backup. Uh, Reece Norrington Davis needs, even if it's a loan, we need some on that left-hand side of defence. And I've never said no to the striker. I think midfield is the only place where we're all right at the minute because we're playing with that three. We've got Mendij, we've got uh, Norwood, Flex still to come back from injury. We've got the two lone players from Man City, Sander Berger. So I think we're pretty stacked there. I think it's just the front and back, really. And I think it's the same in every division, isn't it? You're always chasing another striker just in case. Whether we're going to get any of them, because obviously we've got a proposed takeover coming on, that could hinder things quite a lot. The £24 million Brewster, not enough for you, boys, then. He's out injured. Injured. Yeah. Every time he looks like coming back into form and grabbing a goal, he gets injured 20 minutes later. <laughs> scores, he scores, scores a goal at Blackburn and then nobbles off 10 minutes later. <laughs> Is that why you recalled a Spooler? I believe so, yeah. Uh, Jefferson, he'd just come back from injury himself. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him, but I think he did well when he came on against QPR. Did a job. Uh, sometimes you need a lump up front. And that's not disrespecting his football ability. He's just a bigger lad than the other players up there were. And you need that physicality sometimes. I mean, we're both teams that have played 4-4-2 long ball in the past. We both know what that lumpy player looks like. And it's not a bad thing when you need it. Um, so I think Asula is just to give us a bit of a different dimension in case it's more of a technical game rather than a, an heavy-handed game. Because, to be fair, that that Asula could be a player he loaned off us once we've got players coming back if you do, do need a striker. He, he would fit that chasing level because he's been at League One, didn't really get a shout in because Didze, again, from us, in former his life. Mm. So he's never going to get in squad. Whereas I think championship level, maybe chasing that air echelon of championship and doing world of good. So, yeah, Millwall, if you want a solar, come back in a, before the end of January. We'll, we'll have a look at it. <laughs> so, then on, on Saturday's game, then, obviously, you're saying play the 18s. Is that what's going to happen? Or, because obviously, it's kind of, third round's kind of a game. I don't think we'll make too many changes either, personally, because it's like you've got a week break, haven't you, afterwards? Or yeah. well, we do anyway. I'm not sure what your fish is the same. But, I mean, is there going to be many changes, you reckon, for the on Saturday? Or who can we look out for that maybe is like a not a known name, really, I suppose, that could cause us trouble on Saturday? I think Asula will start. I think he's going to start again. Uh, probably either him and Sharp or him and Undyke. I believe midfield's going to stay pretty much the same. Might start Doyle instead of McAtee, cup of tea as we call him. Um, I think mainly the change is going to be at the fullback position. I think he's going to rest Stevens and Baldock and play Max Lowe, who's again coming back from injury, and Jaden Bogle who's coming back from injury. I think. I know it's Millwall away, but it's not. It, it's not. I know both of them down, down the den, by the way, Chris. You shouldn't It shows the context of this championship. In the yeah, we, we've lost so many players. And I know it sounds daft, but Millwall away is probably the, the way you want to get them back up to speed. Because even if it is a cup game, Millwall's never going to come out and give us an easy game. Even if, even if you play Jordan right teams, they're going to come and kick his 10 foot up in air. It's what it's what Ship United is yeah. no warm done. So I, I think we just need to get players minutes under belt. So while I'd like under eighteens, I think Eckingbottom is gonna get maybe play two halves, give the players who need minutes the first half, and then rotate to more normal players in the second half. Now you, you can have five subs in FA Cup now, can't you? I think so. I think that's something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably what he's gonna do with it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, it's mad that you look at. I was still saying, Chris, like it, Bogle and bloody Low. I'd, I'd have both them down there in a heartbeat as options down there. Low, wasn't impressive, mate. Yeah. But what Watford away first game of the season, he looked abysmal. And before that, when we seen him in the Premier League, he looked abysmal. Middlesbrough didn't look at his best. And in that third game, he just turned into a different player. He just started setting world alight, making forward runs, skinning players, actually defending, getting back and defending. So. I suppose you don't judge a player by his first few games back. But I've never thought I'd say in my lifetime I'm missing Max Lowe. But here we are. 
<laughs> Just on, on on the transfers, sorry, on the transfers to, to all three of you, do you see any, um, and I'll come to you first, Jelly, do you see any of the championship clubs losing possibly some of their star players to premiership outfits in this window? We're in danger of losing Bergwin and Dyke, but I think until we either extend their contract or if we convince them to stay till at least end of the season, we're always going to be in that danger. Always. Whenever you're a championship team with players like that, you're in danger of losing them. Um, I'd like to think that one, with the takeover coming on, two, with where we are in the division, we can kind of convince them to stay. Um, flex on about the Rangers want him, and I don't understand this pull to Scotland. Oh, it's Rangers. Massive, fantastic club. Yeah, like, completely one football crack on. Um, do you know what I mean? So there's always that danger. Burnley, I think, are more in danger of losing players. West Brom are more in danger. Norwich. Teams that Burnley are doing well, but they've got a lot of players that would that are younger, that would attract big money moves. West Brom and Norwich aren't doing well, so they they run the risk of losing their bigger name players to a Premier League team. Even a Southampton are looking to rebuild. They can come in and poach players with decent money because they've got that Premier League money. It's, it's an old cliche. The better team's doing, the safer your players are. I think we're safe. We're not going to lose. I think we're not going to lose and Fleming, Mickey. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't think, I don't... Uh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, no, I don't. I think I don't know. No, big mate. You never know. I think Premier League sides. It's hard to know. Like the, the financial gap between that. Like, you know, you, for us, for example, Sheffield United may be in a slightly different boat. I mean, you, I don't know. We finance a lot, but obviously, like you can afford to fork out. I'm sure in January, if you need to, and sell some players, you know, and reinvest that. Whereas for us, it's like we can't say no if someone offers ten million for Fleming. Yeah. That might sound ridiculous. Like some people might think only ten million for Fleming, but like if someone says you here's ten million for him now in the Premier League and they're thinking you know say Southampton clubs like us who've not been in the Premier League 20 years you know clubs 5 years plus that have been Championship or League 1 you can't say no to that sort of money that's that's the fact really you, you, uh, I can't say Millwall take because we talked he's about this anyway because he's, he's got two and a half years left of his deal no I know but I think yeah, we didn't offer for him in January no we talked about this the other day on the, on the space that they reckon that there's a quite a big sell-on fee from the club he come from um, potentially and then, obviously, yeah, I mean, Stephen's read, Stephen was saying that he'd read that there's like a 20, maybe a 15, 20%, possibly slightly higher um, sell-on clause because they took a, a massive drop in what he was worth the year before um, purely to try and bend it. I think, really, a lot of these European clubs want clubs, want players playing in um, the English game because it's a good window for their players that, you know, if they do get snapped up, then obviously there, there's a massive fee there for him to to go forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fleming. If if someone come in to offer, I think you know twenty five, thirty million, uh, and then the club might look at it. Um, we did have someone on the space said that uh, you know realistically we shouldn't sell him for less than we shouldn't sell him for less than third. Yeah, we had we had someone come on and said you know realistically we shouldn't really sell him for less than. Um, Fifty million, but yeah, but who's that? There's a player. There's a player today who um, I can't think who he was now, but he played in the World Cup. Um, so maybe it might be a French one. Yeah, who's who's now got hundred? Who's now got a value of hundred and twenty million pound? He was like thirteen million before the World Cup or something. What? No, not, <laughs> not him. There's a, there's a player today. I was listening to it earlier. There's a player who suddenly got fucking an absolutely ridiculous fucking price. Tag associated with, yeah, because his agents put it on him. That's what mm. his agents had to go up to it. One hundred and thirteen. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I sat, I sat on a on a on a webinar last night about you know interesting football agent and some of the the money for talking about average wages for stuff. The average wage allegedly for the championship is some um, twenty nine thousand, and I'm thinking, fuck me, I think half our players are on fucking well below average wage. <laughs> Because you've got Sander, that's got that's Sander Berg on 100k a week, isn't it? That's probably what it is. Nah. <laughs> There's no way. Um, well, I think to answer your original question, players that might get snapped up. So, Semenyo, uh, there's quite a few rumours about him. Um, so Diaz. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Tim? Yeah, I think Everest. he'd probably get snapped. Yeah, uh, yeah possibly. I think you, you've got to look at people like Nathan Jones, right? They're, they know the league. They know the best players in the league. So, Southampton could be something... Depends who comes in at Everton. Um, I would be surprised if Coventry lose Gyorkares. Um 
uh, a club down the bottom of the Premier League wants some firepower and an idiot reaction. They try like, 15, 20 million for Diaz or your careers. Okay. Those two are the ones that I think, um, put it this way, those three players I just named will go for a lot more money and have a lot more interest in them than Fleming will this window. <laughs> There's just no yeah. way. Well, I don't think Fleming's going anywhere. It goes anyway. But my thing with hypothetical no. is, in fact, you know, if, if say, for example, he was a year and a half into his spell and he's got 10 goals a season, you know, like, for Millwall, so they get ten million pound bids. I know you've, you. We've all we've all played for manager. We've all played. We all could play devil's advocate. But if you're Millwall, you sit there with ten million pound bag in front of you for a player. It's like, I mean, that's hard to say no to. You know, and I'm like, okay, what's his value of the market now? You can work out numbers, do calculations. This is the figure he's worth, and we'll stick to that. And I'm sure that's what the analysts do, and I'm sure that's what Alex Aldridge does. But it's like, it's hard, like for a club like Millwall, for example, if we had that talisman that's worth. And money, you know. This time last year with Jed Wallace, he's got six months left of his contract. We chose not to sell him and lost it for free. In hindsight, should we sold it for a couple of million to uh, Nottingham Forest? Probably, probably right. You know, like that's a high. They could be knocking them in. They could be knocking them in now for the Premiership club and helping them right out of the bottom of the league. But unfortunately, <laughs> he chose to go West Brom, and you know, uh, um, the rest is 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 there. So yeah, where, where do you think it's going? What do you think for Saturday and Johnny? Let's start to talk about Saturday's game and wrap up, I suppose, a little bit. What do you reckon the score's going to be on Saturday, mate? Um, it's always a corny question to ask, but what are you expecting Saturday? And are you coming down, obviously? I know you go to... No, not for this one. Not for this coming one. Coming down, no? No, not for a cup game. No, I can't justify it. Christmas has just been... Uh, it's poor up north, don't you know this? What if you could win on that? I haven't even got eating on. That and win Bobbers Mickey. But anyway, uh, we, with this game, I can't see it being a glittering one. Um... I want to say 1-0 Millwall, but I've got a feeling it's going to be a 0-0 or a 1-1. And are they doing replays? They are doing replays, aren't they? So that was really no. good. You're, you're, you're saying you're not going down for that. We'll take 200 up there for the replay. Yeah, it's not a replay. There's no replay. It's penalties, edge to time oh. and penalties. No, it's edge to time and penalties because of the World Cup, wasn't it? Uh, Millwall, Millwall 4-0 on penalties. Bang it. That's, me, that's, me, uh, that's my prediction. Jay Cooper to score any time? Or what were you saying, 29? If you play him, then yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be daft not to. Let's be fair. He might as well just have I eat United tattooed on the back of his neck for some bizarre reason. <laughs> he's eight to, he's eight he to, does. He's eight, he's eight to one. <laughs> I think he's eight to one eight time most games. I reckon he'll be evens on Saturday come kickoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Chris, what do you reckon for Saturday, mate? What's your uh, thoughts, feelings going into Saturday? And yeah, I mean, expecting an interesting game or. Dead rubber, they cut third round tie against the fellow league side. What are you thinking? Yeah, being really honest, I couldn't give a monkey's about it. I know that's bad. I'm just being really honest. Um, I think, as I said, I think it'll make three or four changes. Shaka and Cresswell, maybe Malone will come in. Um, not wholesale changes, because to your point, you've got a break, so you don't need to. Uh, it always offers a little bit of money, which I know the club like. Um, I'll go with a 2-1 Sheffield United win. I think it'll be one all, and then they'll they'll bring on their uh, their big guns, good old Billy Sharp scoring his thousandth goal in the championship, whatever. <laughs> Obligatory goal. <laughs> yeah, Mickey, what are you thinking Saturday, mate? Um, what do you expect? I mean, obviously, I'd like us to win, but for the benefit of our push in the league, I would prefer Sheffield to win, just to cause them a little bit of pain going forward, and hope that. They get a fourth round draw against the League Two club, and then win that, and then get another shit draw, and then start getting the uh, the Premiership clubs um, towards a later stage, and hopefully, you know, continue through that path. Because I think if if they do, I think that will fuck them up for the for the league and potentially give us a a lot better um, chance of being able to get up the table. Um, but yeah, obviously, heart wise. I'd love us to win, but I think it's it's potentially going to be more trouble than what it's worth, um, especially when, let's be honest, the league is much more important to us this season, more so than any other league, um, more so than any other year, because this season, I just think the championship is there for whoever actually wants to go grab it. Yeah. It's, it's hard, like you just said, my heart doesn't want to lose any game. If we're, if we're 3-0 down at half-time, I'll be screwing at radio. Even though I've said with my head, I, I won't mind us going out. It's that football fan thing, isn't it? You, you know what makes sense, but you can't accept it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the 28th is the fourth round. Mill will have a, a schedule fixture. A fixture schedule against Burnley that day. Burnley got Bournemouth away this weekend. Burnley probably going to win that game, I think. You know, I can see Bournemouth making changes. I can see Spizzy Company, you know, wanting to try and get a little cut run because they got a 14 point buffer. I can, I can see I can see Burnley getting a result, but it's a toughie, who knows? But I want us to win Saturday. Um, I want us to get to the fourth round, and then that's when I want us to go out. Fourth round is a good time to go out, and then we focus on the rest of the championship. So, because, but also, you know, you talk about the draw, like, you probably, like, you know, you want to get a shit draw, but the fact is, if we win, we get a home game, we get to lead one side. If, if Sheffield United win, they get West Ham away. So, you know, that's, that's it's the reality of it. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go one nil, Jay Cooper. There you go. We've got, we've got to do it, right? Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, and, then we, and then we and then we get a Premier League away days. Let's hope. I'd love a Premier League away day. And, and just, uh, which was this? Apart from the obvious, which when we're never going to get. But I mean, if you we can't get West Ham, where else would you want? Everton. Not the Everton away. Very nice. I wouldn't because I, I wouldn't want City or United or Arsenal or Tottenham because we'll lose seven nil. But they did they out regardless. Don't you? Or Liverpool. I'd love it, but. Everton away for obvious reasons that every Mill fan will know why, and also I think we've got a chance of actually beating them on the pitch as well. So you know it's like a, you never know, never know again. <laughs> Everton got pigs, I think, as well. So you could end up with them. That'd be a little bit real for you. Mickey, anything else, mate? You want to add to the show? Just a quick one. I just wondered what your thoughts were with um, all this stuff. What's breaking the day that the um, the FA are potentially going to be giving the top six negotiation rights for the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup? Um, and possibly change around the the workings of um, of how they they look to to sell the TV rights to the FA Cup and and uh, I mean allegedly it's the top six of the Premiership or the, the you know like the hierarchy of the Premiership or allegedly are, are there's a meeting to discuss obviously now that the Premiership threw their toys out of the pram but didn't want to get involved in this shadow board stuff and you know start playing ball there so. You know, the Prime Minister's now said, well, fuck you, we're just bringing independent regulation and, and we'll have a look at what you're doing and make sure you're you're supporting the lower leagues. But now all of a sudden, um, they're potentially going to, the FA is potentially going to give up the TV negotiation rights so that the FA, um, so that they're, the Premier League guys can go and try and get as much money as they can. Um, I think it's a good or bad thing. I think it's bad for the for the rest of the leagues. To be fair, I think you know we're okay. all destroying them now. Yeah, and obviously, kick them out. obviously it's bad. Kick them out. So, yeah, but then the thing is, this is the trouble, right? The top six are bigger than everything in football in England. Well, let, let me. We're all like, can see how big they are. We're, we're all we all love we're all this, but the money in the game maybe it'd be a good thing actually. Kick them out, and then the money in the game will go down, and then that means football will be football. You know what I mean? So, oh, no, this isn't kicking out. This is this is basically... No, we're saying it yeah. as, like, Johnny's kicking them out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because like, that's ultimately, like, you know, fans will vote their fee in that scenario. Um, but these brands, these football clubs, like, they're football clubs, but they're brands, let's be honest. Like, these are the worldwide brands yeah. that are bigger than everything to do with English football, it, or, like, financially. So it's, it's, it's all money. It's all money, isn't it? So you couldn't... But, but if we did kick them out, we get football back to what it is. And that's, you know, not about expensive football, not about money. It's let, about... Let, let them go yeah. play in Dubai Super League. Take Man U and relocate for Dubai. See how big they are in six months. Yeah. The problem is, is that the the people will run, you know, the CEOs of the Premiership clubs and the top six are very, very clever people compared to the people who run the FA. Because if you remember, when the, when the Premier League started, it was the Barclays FA Premier League. And it was the FA Premier League. And then, very, very discreetly, it got rebranded into the Barclays Premiership and then the Barclays Premier League. And the FA just suddenly, you know, they just got a side side swipe, really. They didn't see it coming because they weren't smart enough to see it coming. And unfortunately now, you have a beast of an organisation what can demand billions of pounds for TV revenue. Um Treat us guys like scumbags if we dared to put, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of match footage on a on a vlog or, or on a bit of our channel. Um, they, you know, they can potentially take our channels away, and 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 you know, they've got that much power over people. When 
you know, football's our game. It's not theirs. Yes, they make the money out of it and the money's fucking corrupted and the money's polluted the whole football um, society issue as such. But I don't know. I don't know what you do. Unfortunately, you know, there is a, a hell of a lot of us who watch football. I think it's something like 35 million people watch football at a weekend um, in some way or another. You know, and realistically, chances of getting all of those to stand in the right direction and possibly, you know, come back at people will never happen. Um, Super League, it did to a degree. But I think that was, if you look at it around it, that was more driven by, you know, it on every single Sky News bulletin because Sky didn't want that because obviously that fucked them off. But Sky is losing its power over Premiership football. That's why they're jumping all over Championship football because... BT and others have, you know, done. And I reckon within another two, three years, all clubs will have their own TV channel. Yeah. They've got the league, haven't they, where each individual club negotiates their own rights. That's where it'll go for Premier League. And you'll lose that power when you come to the championship. And it's only going to go one way until, like you said, getting everybody to stand in the same direction. I think, like you mentioned, with the Super League, Sky didn't want it. So to an extent, fans didn't want it. But I think the core real fans are your Chelsea's, your Tottenham's. Because you've got to fit them. They're more established now, but they're new blood into top six Chelsea and Tottenham, aren't they? Really? They during the nineties they were never big teams, so they're fairly mm. new blood. Just they're still less touristy than your Man U's, mm. Man City. I sent you, I sent you that thing yesterday, didn't I? One point five billion pound industry is yeah. football tourism, and that's a fucking hell of a lot of money. Um, yeah. So you know. It, it is. I think while I've been having some real fans there, there is always that safety net of, well, we'll fuck off then. But I think the more, like you mentioned, the more it does become touristy, especially for, I hate to say it for your guys, especially for the London clubs especially, um, it does eat away a lot of your new fans, it eats away a lot of your new revenue streams. That's what's it. We, we had this problem now. We had a six-year-old in uh, brother's school. He wearing wear a man new shirt. Never been to Manchester. It's like, why don't you spot, even if it's in Dirty Gates up road, why don't you spot one at local clubs? And it's like, well, what am I going to do with that? They don't win every week. And that's the problem. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and the problem is, we've got it in Milwaukee. You can walk around Bermondsey, where years back you'd see, you know, Millwall shirts or you'd see Millwall items of some form or another on the kids. Now it's Man City, you know, Man United, Newcastle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the only, other, the only other point, just before, only because you're football-minded and, and it's, you know, great to have them on and, and also, I want to take the opportunity to be able to ask this question with Omar here because he might not be here again for a while. But um, <laughs> um, what do you think about the clause in Ronaldo's deal? That allegedly, Ronaldo, if Newcastle get Champion League football, Ronaldo will be loaned back to Newcastle to play in the Champions League football so that he can have Champions League football. I think it's absolutely irrelevant because Newcastle are getting Champions League football. So as simple as that. <laughs> Not this year, maybe next year. They're going to go sign three players, probably for forty million each. Now they like spearhead them to the to the top four this season. It's like, it's it. Jay, it's they'll probably it's sign James Madison. They'll pay James. They'll sign James <laughs> Madison in the ten. You know I mean? That'd be a good signing. Yeah, you know there'll be a couple of players they sign this window that'll just like they'll they'll they'll, they'll keep. I haven't seen them linked with anyone though. To be honest, no. It's to be honest with you, it's like when Man City first got took over. It'll be a Robinho, you know, one of these players with a massive name, but don't yeah. fit into a squad. Man City didn't start winning shit until they got a squad. They they bought a few superstars, and then when you brought in Aguero to mix with your companies, with your Tories, you know, like actual good team players, then they started being successful. So as much as Newcastle are pushing it now, I still think they're a bit individualistic, and it's going to get worse in January. I think the 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 Premiership now is is being shown that it's all about money. Because look at Liverpool now. Liverpool is, you know, they haven't really got the money to be able to compete with some of the other clubs at the moment. And obviously when they lost their, what's his name? I can't think of the player now, but they just, they were, you know, they've, they've gone pretty shocking to a degree. Um, and, and now you've got teams like, you know, teams what spent, I don't know, a couple of hundred million, and you've got teams like Man City who are spending over a billion, and you just think, yeah. fucking, the world's gone mad. Yeah, this ridiculous spin, because it's, it's Liverpool, the reason probably Liverpool are is because like, recently all the and the South Bay is because they're in Liverpool. And, like, it looked like a, I wouldn't have a thing where they suggested, like, have a training ground in London or something stupid. I'm yeah, sure. I remember that. 
I mean, they're like, oh, Liverpool to have a trading ground in Manchester in Liverpool in Liverpool, London because then they can attract the star players because it's not what's yeah. in Liverpool. Like that's like you know, it's most times they live in Liverpool, don't they? Don't they? They live in Cheshire in there, don't they? Yeah. No, but like the point is, like if you can, if you if you had a trading ground in London, you're there five days a week, and you're tra- and then you pay one game at Anfield once a week, you're gonna attract the stars because like Milton Keynes. Yeah, I, I, there's that thing to it. I don't know. I think that, back, back to the original question about Ronaldo. So, say if Newcastle brought in James Madison. So, say they had an unbelievable win. They brought in four players. They brought in, say, Madison, Aaron Maguire, two other good players that are going to do well in the team. They get Champions League football. Why do they want Ronaldo back to collect shirts and tease out half time? What, what for? Like, unbelievable player. Because he, top he wants to play. Because he wants to play Champions League football. And it's so part of the agreement. Play? Yeah, but... Yeah, I know, but you haven't got the same agent he's got. I mean, you know, there, there's there's a lot of... I was speaking to someone in football the other day who sort of... He's not massively thin, but he's sort of the behind-the-scenes side of football. And he reckons that Ronaldo still is, in, in total, is about 207, um, 207, 208 million pound in everything. And he's the one who said about this this clause. And you just think, that's just fucking mental. When, and that's why you know, he's gone to... Because they're the same... Because they're the owner... Is the owns Newcastle and the team he's gone to, doesn't he? Because yeah. literally, they I mean, they've got so much money. They're like, oh, he's on a he's on a, a FIFA ban, but we're still going to play him anyway. Well, we've got a Saudi prince in our club. Where's his bastard money? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all finger traps. But no, it's just so corrupt and horrible. And I hate talking about it because it just it boils me piss. It really does. You've got these corrupt owners doing this, that, and the other. It's like alleged, Greek club. alleged, Ale- alleged. You got this Greek club before Forest, where they go, "Oh, we don't want it. We'll send him to that Greek club for a year." And it, it really does annoy me. And this whole agents demanding two hundred million pounds for players, and so sooner we cut agents out and start demanding it run by FA or uh, PFA or something like that, the better. Because it's players. Yeah, but a PFA are fucking alleged, fucking just as bad. I mean, no, but I'm they are. fucking run me a bath for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> They are, but at the same time, would you rather trust them or some bloke who was getting two hundred million pounds for Ronaldo? As a fan base, if you want to see football kind of chill the fuck out, really, because I don't think it's gone too far. I think record. the only way it's going to do that is that the problem is it's gone too far forward. I mean, agents now I think are on five percent is capped, and there's they were talking last night in that presentation that FIFA are looking to cap that even more to three percent. Um, you know, which sort of then stems it, but. You know, I think there's either going to be a massive, ex- you know, a massive explosion within the football market because there's players out there what ain't worth the money that, you know, they're being towered around. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Ronaldo is, what, 37, 38, is he? Um, are you telling me really that he's worth, you know, if you work the figure at 177, that's £340 a second of every day he's Madness. fucking breathing. Um and that's just, you know, madness. There's people in this country at the moment who, you know, probably earn now a week, let alone per semi. The problem is, Ronaldo the player is not worth that. But Ronaldo no, the shirt sales. Ronaldo the brand. Well, I don't know. I haven't done the sums. And to be honest with you, I, I couldn't give a monkeys. But Ronaldo the brand is probably worth that. Yeah. And, you know, you, it's a sad, sad world. Well, definitely. I mean, it, it's especially just for status clubs. And if he went to Newcastle, just say, you know, if that deal with that, if that is rumoured to be true and he did go to Newcastle, then Newcastle would sell so many shirts on the back of having Ronaldo and number seven on it. It, it You know, it would probably pay for his transfer. Do you know what I mean? It really would to probably pay for the transfer. There'd be, you know, that much money in it. But hey-ho, but there we go. The, the best player ball boy in the world at Newcastle. I think until until more teams end up like Juventus, until Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man U, Man City, all of them end up in a Juventus situation, it's going to carry on. Yeah, and then you've got people like John Bereson with us who um, has put 129 million pound into the club with fuck all back and fuck all really assets to sell, and you know you just think that realistically we are very very lucky to have him um, rather than you know. Someone go like that. So yeah, Mill figures are out. We've got a show out next week with uh, our regular uh, figure expert Kevin Maguire, uh, Kieran Maguire even. Um, so we'll be going over that next week. So yeah, cool. Well, 
I think we've probably come to our natural here. Now we're into the show. Um, thank you so much to the enemy over there, Sheffield United. Jolly, how you found? Well, thank you for coming on, mate, and much obliged. And no problem. Good luck after Saturday, I suppose, aside from in six weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Everybody get up from the playoffs so we can cause some chaos in Premier League. Oof. That's it. We'll see it at Wembley for the playoff final, mate. <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even say playoffs to me. I don't even want to hear anything anymore. <laughs> uh, Cringe Spake, as always, mate, for coming on and see you Saturday night up. And just one thing, yeah. I don't think we should just call Chris a, 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 one, of a, one of the podcast hosts now. I don't think we need to say regular guest or regular panel or whatever. I just think him and, him and Joe now should be just a host, I think, don't you? Can we take our little uh, dirty laundry off at El Fair? Pass right, big mate, and then we'll talk about after. See the hesitation in his face. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need replacements. Are you going to say? Are you going to? Are you going to say anything about like Kyle? We're just going to leave that and fuck him. We'll talk. We'll talk about it another time. Next show, maybe. Yeah, time. Excellent. There we go. Yeah, fun off, Kai. Good hang out. Well, yeah. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Mickey. Um, but thank you, oh. thank you, Omar, for um. Finding your way back. New year, new me. Um, <laughs> do you while we're on the while we're on the topic of ruining, is there anything you want to have a pop at him about, Johnny? Feel free. Which, which one? Hey, whoever you want. We've come to an end anyway. Uh, Johnny has got the can't have a dig at me. I'm afraid he's not allowed. He's, he's the end on Saturday, so sorry, mate. Unfortunately, but I think hold on. Um, we'll end it there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're new around here, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new, be sure to share and follow the pod, and always check out our socials at that mill pods. We're back and we're good to go into 2023. Thanks, guys, and see you soon. Thanks for having me. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.